Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. This series called Turning Point, and we're going to be looking at specific stories in the Bible, but also hearing from specific people in our own community that have experienced turning points uh, where God came through for them in a big way. I believe that the stories in the Bible are filled with wisdom that we can then take and apply in our own lives. And I think that if there was something that God wanted to communicate to you, if that difference in your life could turn things around, wouldn't you want to know what it is? If it could just do everything for you in the moment that you would need it most, isn't that something you just want to put into practice? I feel like so many times God is speaking to us about what can really create those turning points for us, but we aren't always ready in the moment that that wisdom comes to us. There's a challenge there for each of us today to hear what God is saying in the story, and we're going to take the principles out of that story and apply them into our own everyday life, but we're also going to listen intently for what God would want us to identify as our turning point. And so today, we're talking about how the principle is the promise. Now, many of us are in a place where we have decisions that we need to make. Sometimes those decisions are not as big as others, and sometimes they're not as pivotal as we would imagine or envision them to be. I remember one time I had accepted an invitation to be a speaker for a young adult retreat, and it was at that young adult retreat that I had been invited to that we were able to do some skiing, but at the same time also spend some time in the Word. And at this retreat, there were several people there, and um, I knew some and didn't know others. And it gave me the opportunity to just share that weekend what God had put on my heart. I'd gone there with a a very clear intention, and that was to, to teach and to be used by God and to be of an encouragement to young adults who were often neglected in churches. They didn't find a place or a space for them to gather. And so that was the intent of this retreat. And so as I went there, I had every intention to just stay focused on the Lord. But as these things sometimes play out, I was single at the time, and I was also looking for a wife. And when I was at this retreat speaking, I would never have imagined that the person that I would later marry would be at this retreat. In fact, I just kept my focus on what I had to do, and and the retreat ended. And at the end of that retreat, this person started attending the church that I was at. And then they started volunteering. And as they were volunteering, I 
became friends with them, and then over the course of three years, I started to realize that God had led this person into my life to be more than just a volunteer and more than just a member of the community. He had led her there to be my wife. That's Michelle. So, <clears throat> that's where it really started for us. I didn't think that was what was gonna happen. I wasn't planning it, I wasn't prepared for it, but that's where it started. And I sometimes wonder, like how prepared are we for what God is trying to bring into our life? And it made me think of a story, and the story was a beautiful one because Abraham was at the end of his life and he was struggling. He was struggling because he looked at his son and he saw that he was gonna leave him and the one who had been given to him as the fulfillment of his promise, he saw him as not being able to experience all the promises that God would have for him. And so he calls his most trusted employee. And the scriptures called them servants, but he was the one who was in charge of all of his affairs. He believed in this man and trusted him with his life. And he brings him into the room and as he finds himself having this conversation heart to heart, he's telling him about his son Isaac and how worried he is that he hasn't yet found the person that he is to marry. And he's worried about where they live, the choices that are available to them. He's worried about the choice that his son is going to make, and, and he's worried about what would happen to the promise. And so when he speaks to this friend, he says, I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it underneath my thigh. And as he put his hand there, he says, I want you to make a vow. And the vow that I want you to make is one where you promise that you and I, we're in agreement. That we now make this covenant and that it cannot and will not be broken. And so he does exactly that. And he makes this promise. And the first thing that we notice that when we're in this position in life where we're vulnerable, when we see people that are vulnerable, when we see that their lives are unfulfilled, when we look at ourselves and we say that we feel unfulfilled and incomplete in one manner or another, the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, who are we surrounded by? Who's in our life to help us succeed? I think all of us understand the role of and the importance of mentorship. I, I, we, we see this all the time. These days, you, you have to pay to have mentorship. You have to pay to get resources. I mean, the first one's free, but everything after that, you're gonna have to pay for. These days, if you wanna know how to take your next step, well, you're gonna have to follow the right person because they seem to have all the answers. And, and, and what they're doing, in essence, is enriching themselves having taken the answers from somebody else 
and repurposing them so that you can buy into what they're promising so that you can have the mentorship that you need to succeed. I feel like sometimes we're missing out on the most important type of membership. The kind of mentorship that, that revolutionizes the way that we are now going to see the world, and that is a spiritual mentorship. I don't know about you, but I know that in my life, I can only succeed as far as the spiritual mentorship I have. I, I can't reach the next level, and I can't put into practice the next principle, and I can't fulfill my purpose or live according to his promises unless I have the right spiritual mentorship in my life. And what Abraham does is that he turns to his friend and he says, you're my trusted friend, you're my employee, you're in charge of all my affairs. So for me to put my son under your care is an extension of that. And so what we discover is that Isaac was surrounded to succeed by family and friends. And sometimes we don't have that in our lives. I think that if we were to ask everybody in the room, we'd wonder if all of us have that. I mean, who is really surrounding you and surrounding us to make sure that we succeed? Well, Isaac had Abraham and his trusted employee in Genesis, in chapter 24, verse 4, it says that Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. And one day, Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. I have two teenage kids. I guess they're young adults now. Uh, I like to still think they're immature, so I call them teenagers. Uh, that's not fair, but it's sometimes true. Um, they're amazing. I love them. But I worry about them. I worry about the choices they're going to make. I worry about who they're going to choose. I worry about the life they're going to try to build. Even now, as they're still studying and figuring things out, I worry. And I wonder... How many people in this room are doing the exact same thing if you're parents? I, I wonder, do you have alignment with your partner, your spouse, with the person that you do life with? The person that God has given you. Do you have a covenant that you have made between you where your convictions are never going to allow you to become complacent towards that which is the only compatibility that matters most for your children. You see, when you have that, you, you can look each other in the eye and say, we're not going to accept this outcome. We're going to pray for something else. We're going to believe in something else, but not this. You and I, we're in agreement. We've made a covenant before God, and now we're making one to each other that this is not going to be how things are going to turn out for them. And we are going to have to pray even harder than we've ever prayed to make sure that God is the one 
who's doing the choosing, who's helping them make the decisions. And, and when you have someone in your life like that, it, it, life can be easy, but it's, it's harder when you don't. It's obviously clear that sometimes you want that, but you don't have it. And so you need to pray that someone brings people into your life so that you can have that. Doesn't have to be a person that you share a bed with, but it has to be someone that you can bring into your life and share coffee with and, and tea with and sit with and pour out your heart with and allow that person to surround you so that you can succeed. So that you can be in agreement because the Bible tells us and reminds us that there's always power in agreement. That's why he says when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be in their midst. He's looking for us to look for others that we can gather and be in covenant with over a situation so that we can see success. Where is it that you need this in your life? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you've been choosing on your own and you've been experiencing the heartache that comes with that. And you look at your situation and you say, I've, I've always made this choice. I've, I've always been led by my preference. I've been taking the opportunity that was in front of me, but I haven't really given this entirely over to God. So what God is saying, maybe you need to now surround yourself with family and friends, people who are going to make a covenant, people who are going to pray for you, people who are going to make sure that you are preserved by the wrong choice so that you can make the right one. Can we say amen to that? Bring people into your life that can do that. Here's another principle. The principle was upheld by those who upheld Isaac. And I think sometimes we, we lose sight of how important this is. It's, it's not that you're just upholding a person. I think there's a lot of people who care about us. But what we want is for them to uphold the principle first before they can uphold us. Because if it's the other way around, then you have someone who loves you more than the principle, more than the Word of God, more than His standard. And what that means is that when something comes into your life, they're going to compromise right along with you. Because they have put you above the principle. I want someone to love me, but I want them to love God more. I want them to want the best for me, but I want them to give me God's best more. I want them to remind me of what God's best is so that I stop compromising and keep living out the heartbreak that I'm experiencing over and over again. And if I don't have that person in my life, then I'm just gonna keep making the same kind of decisions, the same different, at times, exactly the same kind of choices. Maybe looking different, but they're always the same. Because they're always soaked in compromise. And so in Genesis chapter 24 and in verse three it says, Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. You feel bad for the Canaanites, 
I feel bad for their women too now in this story, but, but what Abraham was saying is that if he married one of the Canaanites, it was going to change his devotion to God. And it doesn't take much for our devotion to be shifted and to be affected. I mean, we, we do that all along and all alone without a whole lot of temptation in doing it. it it's a constant decision on our part to always be devoted to God and to His principles. Imagine if you have someone that you're doing life with who doesn't even care about those things and pulls you in a different direction altogether. It's already hard, and now it's gotten impossible. And so what God says is like, why do you want your life to be like that? And, and, and He says, I know that God has given me a promise, Abraham says, but the only way this promise happens is if Isaac is protected. And so God wants us to inherit the promise, but He knows that He has to protect the promise. And we have to make sure that the principle isn't just upheld, but that we are too in the same way so that God can give us the promise. Here's the third thing. The principle didn't have to change, but the location did. And so what happened is that Abraham realized that, that it wasn't going to be someone for him to marry that was going to keep him in the same faith, devoted to the same God. And so he's like, the principle doesn't have to change. And I hear this from people all the time. We live in Quebec. There's no Christians here as it is. <laughs> Even on dating apps, when they write Christian, who knows what kind. <laughs> I get it. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, you know, if we were somewhere else, this church would be filled probably in the multiple hundreds and thousands. I get it. But we're in Quebec. This is where we are. But do you think that, that God is, is, is held back by, by geography? He's held back by quantity? He's not. It, the story reminds us that now Abraham is telling Isaac, I want you to take a trip. And I want you to go back to the place where we're from. And I want you to find a woman who will love God there. Because the, I don't want him marrying someone from here because... That's not going to help fulfill the promise. It's going to take him away from his purpose. And so the principle never changed, but the location did. And so what I know is that God is able to fulfill his promise to you, but it doesn't have to be in this city. See, he's able to take you out of the city just like he's able to send someone <coughs> to another city and get them to make the choice somewhere else so you can be introduced. In the story that we're in, God is saying, the principle stays the same, but the location can change. Because this world, all of it, it belongs to me. And I have someone that is better than anyone that you can choose if you just keep breaking my principles. And so I want to give you someone, if you will uphold my principles, don't worry about the location, because I can bring that person into your life.
And so in Genesis 24, 4, he says, go instead to my homeland. I want you to go to my relatives, and I want you to find a wife there for my son, Isaac. And so he tells him where to go. Now, the servant is, is upset. He's worried. He's, he's panicking a bit. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. This is a huge responsibility. What if the girl doesn't want to leave? It's one of his concerns. He's like, how am I going to find her? So he's really trusting God in all of this. He, he knows that he has a responsibility there. And, and I like that because the responsibility isn't Isaac's. If you notice, the responsibility in the story belongs to those that made the covenant. And, and this is important because the covenant was made by Abraham and his servant for Isaac. And I want you to see the importance of having spiritual authority over your life and the blessing that that can bring you when you commit yourself to the principle God will bring you the person you guys don't seem convinced at all <laughs> I, I'm just feeling and sensing so much doubt like the story's not enough these points aren't strong enough you have all these reasons why this is not going to work. Okay. But here's what I know. This is what it looks like to put your full faith in God. If you want to put it in yourself, you can. Just keep going. Just do what you've been doing up until now. But if you're looking for a turning point, then how about we do things a little different this time? See, the principle was upheld not to jeopardize the promise. There's a beautiful verse in, in Genesis 24, 7, and it says this. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, he solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants and he will send his angel ahead of you and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. Look how much faith Abraham has. And then he says, and if she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstance, look at this, are you to take my son there. Now, Let's say he finds somebody. Abraham is saying, we don't go backwards, we only go forward. The only reason I'm sending you there is because there's a woman of God there for my son. That's the woman he's going to marry, and they're going to fulfill this promise together. But here's the problem. If Isaac goes back, then everything that I did to get to this point was for nothing. Because God told me to leave that land for a new land. And so now Isaac can't go back. I hate it when our households dedicate ourselves to the Lord and we pledge and promise ourselves to follow him and to serve him. And then our children go back into the world. Anybody else? It's not heartbreaking. All the sacrifices, the devotion, the dedication, the, the instruction, just the teaching, everything 
just everything that we did, everything that we poured into them, just to see them just turn away and to walk away from it. And I need you to understand that, that that's what happens when we allow the principles to be corrupted, to be compromised. But if we uphold the principle, here's what happens. God can always fulfill the promise. And so what Abraham does is he says, I never want them to go back. I don't want Isaac to go back. I don't want her to pull him there. I want the promise that God has given us to go forward from here. And he knows exactly how that's going to happen. And so he says, you make sure that whoever it is that you find, whoever it is that God shows you, whoever it is that God puts in front of you, in no way and under no circumstances are you to take my son back there. And that's why, I love this, Isaac isn't allowed to go with the servant. Because Isaac is the promise. Isaac is the future. Isaac doesn't go back. Isaac only goes forward. Can we say amen to that? He only goes forward. And when I think about the life that God has given you, he's, he's tired of us going back. Back to the old choices, the old ways, the old patterns, the old habits, the old things, the old relationships, that different face, same outcome. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's looking for us to uphold a principle and to be upheld by people who believe in the same principle, who are going to help us hold out for his promise instead of compromising and accepting that which is the poorest decision for us in the moment that looks like there's nothing else to choose from. The principle didn't change, but the location had to, and that's okay. And God knows where to direct us so that we can fulfill that promise. Trust Him for that. Believe in God for that. Because you see, this story tells us that the commitment to the convictions is what created the consensus for the compatibility to become evident. Because when the servant sees someone come forward, she, he asks her for some water. And then she says, I'm not going to just give you water, good sir. She says, I'm going to give water to your camels. And the scripture says that he went there with 10 camels. Like, I don't know how much camels drink, but those things look thirsty. <laughs> so if I was her, I would have said, I'm going to give you water, but then for the camels, you're on your own. Anybody else? But she does the opposite. She, she looks at the guy and she says, I'm not going to just give you water, but I'm going to give all of your 10 camels water to drink. And I kind of looked this up and did some research, and it turns out that it's about 10 gallons of water per camel. And, and that means that Rachel would have to have gone into the well bucket by bucket by bucket 
by bucket by bucket until they had all been satisfied. The servant looks at this and he says, it's got to be her. Who else could it be? Nobody else would go through all this trouble. And so he continues to ask questions. And in his asking of questions, he begins to understand that, that God is directing. And there's a moment that's so beautiful, he just falls to his knees and he begins to worship God. Because he knows that God has fulfilled the covenant between him and Abraham. And he's provided a woman who's not just a hard worker, but someone who's willing to leave and go with him on a journey back to a man she's never met. And they become the fulfillment of God's promise. You know when you see those videos and those expressions where it's kind of funny where they say they understood the assignment. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I love the fact that this man and Abraham understood the assignment. They never deviated from it, not once, because God was always the one choosing. I, I, I look at this and it looks like it's Abraham who's choosing. I look at this and I see it's the servant who's choosing. It, it's, it's Rachel who chooses. Yeah, they all have choices. But the one that they are all turning to and dependent on making the choice is God. See, that's what's different. You see, we always get to choose. There's never a time where you're not able to choose. But what we want to do is we want to say, God, I want you to choose before I get to. I don't want my choice to preempt yours. I want you to choose and for my choice to follow your choosing. You see, there's three points that we need to remember when we're making decisions. And I'm putting this up here because I know there's some people who are already married, so you're kind of stuck because you made your choice. So I need to tell you something. <laughs> so you can just like leave here a little encouraged and say at least the message was a little bit for me. So here, here are the three points that can apply to decision making in general. Are you ready? Are you still with me? Okay, so here's the first one. And it's good for any situation. I want you to surround yourself with people who are gonna uphold God's principles and uphold you. And it's gotta be in that order. They're gonna uphold God's principles and they're gonna uphold you. So who are you gonna look for? You're gonna look for people who are devoted and dedicated to the, to, to the God of his word. And those are the people that you want in your life. The second thing is you don't disobey God's principles to achieve your own purposes. And if your purpose is to get married, you're gonna do that. If your purpose is to shack up with someone, you're gonna shack up. If your purpose is to have a child, you're gonna have a child. If your purpose is to adopt a child, you can do that too. Whatever your purpose is, you're gonna be able to do anything that you want in this life. You have the freedom to be able to do it. Make your choices, live with them. That's how it works, I get it. But don't disobey God's principles 
to achieve your own purposes. Do things His way and then experience His promise His way. Do things your way and then experience what comes from that. But God has something so much better for you. You ready for the third one? With every choice you're making, you have already entrusted the choice to God. So before you even choose, you've already given this to God. Before there's even a choice to make, you've already told God that you don't want the wrong choice. You don't want to make a mistake in the choosing. You want God to choose so that you can just choose what He has already blessed, what He has already approved, what, what is already going to fulfill the promise. You see, if we do these things and we apply this in our lives, we will always experience a turning point. Our life will never be the same if we do this. Now it's up to you. Put God to the test. Challenge God. Say, God, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to let this be my turning point. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to uphold your principles so that I can experience your promise. Not my way, but yours. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.